So I feel like there's, I feel like they did, I feel like they did a really mm-hmm. decent job. Probably because Aaron is a woman and she was the main character. So it's like, you have to have some sort of substance to her role, like her speaking parts. <laughs> the whole plot was based around this Which, environmental issue and not a rom-com. <laughs> I mean, that that's exactly right. That combination... Uh, Julia Roberts made, I think, twenty million for this, which was an all-time high for an actress at the time. Mm-hmm. So, a, a fifty million dollar budget, she took twenty of that, and so to get this level of Bechtel test uh, entries, we had to pay twenty million to Julia Roberts. That's the way I see this. <laughs> that's all it took. That's all, Two thousand years to worth of movies and just twenty million dollars. Twenty million. Today's Movie Verdicts episode of Lone Star Lawyers featuring Aaron Brockovich on the Varsity Podcast Network is brought to you by Varsity Search. Varsity Search builds great teams by connecting lawyers in Texas with career opportunities at small and boutique law firms. Of course, you could also just go the Aaron Brockovich route and stand in the middle of the law firm lobby and not leave without the job. Not a bad strategy. Worked for her. Uh, otherwise, though, uh, if you are thinking of making a move or your law firm is looking to hire, please go to varsitysearch.com and book a time to visit right into my calendar. Varsity Search, building great teams. Just one quick note at the top before we get started here that there is some adult language in this episode. And uh, as we go through the movie, if you've seen the movie, of course, uh, you'll uh, not be surprised (laughs) by that. Uh, But I just wanted to give you a heads up in case there are either uh, kids listening in the car or uh, wherever you're at. Uh, Just know that uh, there is some language in this episode. That's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet and ugly shoes. It's time for Aaron Brockovich. Um, You have no actual training. I have kids learned a lot right there. Yeah. And I'm great with people. When I was first out of high school, I got married and had a kid too young. I'm extremely fast learner. You got a really nice office. Look. You want my number. I do. How about this for number six? That's how old my daughter is. Eight is the age of my son. Two is how many times I've been divorced. Sixteen is the number of dollars I have in my bank account. I'm so glad we got that out of the way because I didn't find you attractive either. Then we're even. (laughs) I'm smart, I'm hardworking, and I'll do anything. And I'm not leaving here without a job. Don't make me beg. In a law firm, you may want to rethink your wardrobe a little. Well, as long as I have one ass instead of two, I'll wear what I like if that's all right with you. You might want to rethink those ties. Why are there medical records and blood samples in real estate files? Would you mind if I investigate this a little further? What makes you think you can just walk in there and find what we need? They're called boobs, Ed. Can I just... Yeah, just... Surveillance chromium can be very harmful. So it kills people. Oh, yeah. You're a lawyer? Hell no. I hate lawyers. I just work for them. We're going to have to spend a little time filling in the holes in your research. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot, okay? I think we got off on the wrong foot here. That's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet and ugly shoes. You gotta find a different job or a different guy. For the first time in my life, I got people respecting me. Please don't ask me to give it up. 
You're emotional. You're erratic. You make this personal, and it isn't. That is my work, my sweat, my time away from my kids. If that's not personal, I don't know what is. We're gonna get them, Evan, aren't we? They're all signed. Every single one. $20 million is more money than these people have ever dreamed of. These people don't dream about being rich. They dream about being able to watch their kids swim in a pool without worrying that they'll have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 20. By the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Movie Verdicts 2022. We are... Back Whoop. with a new set of movies this year, and uh, it's been a little while since we've been with you. So really excited to be back together. Robert Callahan, as always, is with us. Baylor Law's finest, and that's right. Thank criminal you, criminal defense lawyer extraordinaire here at Callahan and King Law Firm in Waco. Uh, of course, I'm Daniel Hare with Varsity Search, and uh, Robert, we have a special guest with us uh, for this uh, special podcast today. Why don't you do the honors? We do. Uh, we are joined by the woman, the myth, the legend, Hope Mustakim. She is the case manager for our office here at Callahan and King. And I will let her introduce herself, tell us a little bit about what she does and her background. Okay. So I am the case coordinator. So that means I take all the incoming calls um, and try to see if we're a good fit for them. And if, uh, we can move forward from there. So I also get handed the calls where there's a lot of emotions mm -hmm. and feelings, and <laughs> which is fine with me. I'm a social worker. I have a master's in social work. Um, my background is in community practice, though. So I didn't do the clinical setting. I didn't want to be up close and personal that much with people's problems um, because I care a little too much. And so I knew I would take it home with me. So instead, I went the community route. So I've been an organizer in Waco for about 11 or 12 years, um, just organizing around policy, mostly immigration rights and criminal justice reform. And so um, I'm pretty well known in the community as being someone who speaks my mind, yep. someone who <laughs> shows up on the front steps of the sheriff's office protesting. Yes. Um, I have cameras all around my house for a reason. Um, yeah, me and my board members have had the threats and everything and, and some not not just threats. Uh, so there's a cost that comes with speaking up in uh, small towns and or anywhere, really. So uh, I was really excited to start working for Robert because he and I were both one of the few uh, in the town that kind of speaks critically in love of uh, certain institutions. Truth and love. Truth and love. And so, <laughs> right. um, yeah, he's probably one of the few people who... Uh, would actually hire me and not see me as, as a liability or a risk. Um, so and, it's been fun. And I, let me just say on a personal note that Hope really is, I mean, we, we have several different people in our office that are gifted in lots of different ways. Yeah, and, sure. and any one of them could sit next to me and, and step into this role. But uh, Hope really is an Aaron Brockovich. I mean, down to the being a single mom mm -hmm. and never having worked in the legal field before and really like making her way, uh, understanding how all of this works through experience. And so couldn't couldn't be prouder yeah, to sit next to it made her. me emotional watching scenes with her in it. Cause I was like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hit too close to home. Wow. Well, Hope, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to join us, join, join us today and to be with us. We, uh, as 
you both referenced there. I don't think I mentioned it in the lead up to just now, but uh, today's movie is Aaron Brockovich, which is uh, particularly why we wanted to have uh, someone like you hope to, to join us because it, it just, uh, I think, is a movie that calls for uh, the perspective that you bring. And I'm sure that as I watch it and as Robert watches it, we, we have from our own backgrounds and uh, perspectives, uh, ways that we look at some of the things that happen throughout this movie. And I know that you're going to have different, uh, different perspective to bring to it. And so it was just so perfect to, uh, and I'm glad that you were able to, to join us. So, uh, to have, to represent that. Uh, so thank you for that. And, uh, let's get, let's start, uh, by, uh, just giving a, f- a few of the highlights because it's been this this movie. I mean, gosh, I, I start to feel old when I look at these movie years and things like that. I don't know if you, you do, Robert, but like, I mean, this mm-hmm. was in the year two thousand, so uh, right. which to me was five years ago. <laughs> right? I know, right? Same. I mean, yeah. And so you know, you watch this movie back, and and um, of course, Julia Roberts ages about as well as anyone in the world, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, she still looks young, obviously in this, as I watch it now, um, and, uh, is, is, is the star this, um, I thought the cast as I was, you know, a lot of times we put together these casts and we talk about them and, and I go really deep in the, in the cast most of the time. And as I was doing kind of the summation for this movie, um, it really, at the least, you know, hinges around just a few key people, and uh, which was a little bit different for me. Um, and, and I'm sure, I mean, there may have been people that jumped out at different ways and different times, but um, between Julia Roberts, uh, Albert Finney, who of course played Ed Masry, and then Aaron Eckhart, who played the neighbor and the love interest uh, George in this, um, you know, a lot of everything kind of revolved around them. And of course, you had so many client plaintiffs throughout. Hinkley, um, that, uh, with different families and, and kids and all, all of that. But, uh, uh, I'm curious to, to hear, uh, both of your perspectives on, on this cast. Um, I'm going to talk more about awards in a moment because, um, this was a highly decorated movie critically as well. So I'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, uh, between, uh, uh, Julie Roberts, Albert Finney and Aaron Eckhart, especially, but, and anyone else that jumped out to you, uh, hope what, what about for you? Like what stands out from this, this casting of this movie? Um, I, I mean, Julie Roberts couldn't have been more perfect for it. Um, and I, it just almost felt like it was natural, a natural fit for them. Um, I didn't, I think I was paying, a, a, now that you say it, I feel like I paid a lot of attention to the plot and the storyline and I'm not, I wasn't looking so much with a critical, cause I didn't know I'd be on the show. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, so I think going Smart. into it, if I'd have been, you know, knowing that this is one of the things that I needed to watch for, I was just so taken back by just the relatability of it all and how real it was right. um, that Robert probably can speak better to as far as the nuances of the actors and everything, but I just got lost in the actual movie. You, yeah. know? you know, that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio from the Wolf of wall street, where he's leaning forward on the couch and he's watching somebody on TV. He's like snapping his fingers. Like that guy, that's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, like that's, that's, that's what I got. I mean, there's just a lot of those. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize this, but Aaron Brockovich herself apparently made a cameo. Yeah, She made a cameo. And, um, and there, there are a couple of cameos, I believe as well. Yeah. But she definitely made one as the way, in the diner yeah. uh, when they go to eat um, her and her kids go to eat uh, after the case settled her her first case settled the the or didn't <laughs> the um, yeah the yeah. car wreck case yeah yeah to- totally didn't catch that um, Aaron Eckhart of course 
And it's really funny because he looked a lot to me like um, the guy that plays Rocket Raccoon in the the guy uh, the um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I can't think of his name right now, but he's he's in like all these great movies. I I with a beard, I thought that that's who that was at first. Yeah. Um, his his name will come to me in a minute, but he did great. Um, apparently, his role on one side, I, he was called the Defendant. Mm. Um, but he's listed as George here. Right. So it's interesting. I wonder if they did something different with the plot at some point. Um, you got Marge, uh, or is it Marg Heglin, Heglinberg, Heglinberger? She's, uh, Donna. Yes. And she's been, she's in, been in a lot of stuff. A ton after of that, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I love Con- Conchata Farrell. That played Brenda. Yes. Yeah. Everything she's in, it's just so she takes on that right. role and it mm. fits. What was she it's in? A, it's uh, two and a half endearing. men, right? I think. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, she's she's hilarious. Um, and that that the dynamic, and you could pro- we'll probably get to this a little bit later too. But I mean, just the dynamic between the the women in the office. Uh, hope that between yeah. the, Brenda and um, Aaron, and then um, Anna, I believe uh, that that just that whole dynamic was interesting to watch. Um, Danny DeVito is listed as a cast member. I don't remember. Did I miss uh, him? He's a producer. Um, so he was, he was in the group of producers for this movie. Um, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think he was in, he made an actual appearance. So, uh, but, um, but, uh, yes, he produced the movie. And so, and Albert Finney, um, who has an all time great voice. I love Albert Finney's, mm-hmm. Albert Finney's voice. And, um, you know, my first interaction with him uh, was I had two sisters. And so when I was little, the original Annie movie um, was how I first because he played Daddy Warbucks in like the early 80s Annie movie. And he was bald, yeah. completely bald in that. Um, and just that voice has stuck with me for like 30 years, <laughs> it's just or 40, whatever. <laughs> um, and, uh, but he's a five time Oscar nominee, um, and has never won, but, but he and the director, Steven Soderbergh definitely have a connection cause they are in, uh, he's in a lot of Steven Soderbergh's movies. He died just a few years ago at 82, but, um, mm. he, he was great. And then of course, Aaron Eckhart, um, as you were talking about Robert, but he, uh, playing Harvey Dent in the dark Knight um, and two face, yeah. uh, and all that, um, any given Sunday is a great football movie with, uh, Al Pacino and, um, but Wasn't Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx Fox is the quarterback. Yeah. Jamie Foxx yep. is the quarterback and he's great in that. Um, and thank you for smoking is just a, a <laughs> dark comedy that is super well done, um, about the smoking industry. Um, kind of like we did the runaway jury thing with the gun thing. This is taking, uh, the, the smoking thing, but he plays like a marketing executive for big tobacco. Um, and, uh, he does a really good job in that. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, I mentioned Steven Soderbergh is the director and I mean, uh, an all time director for me, like he's, uh, oceans 11 is probably in my top like five or 10 favorite movies to watch. Just when it's on, I just don't ever turn it off. <laughs> it's, and then of course all, all the oceans movies. Um, and, so did you catch that Cherry Jones is Linus's mom from Ocean's 12? So, yes, she's Linus's mom in Ocean's 12. She played uh, the president in 24 and one of the seasons of 24. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, she's been in a bunch of stuff. She played Pamela in this, like the hard to get plaintiff at the end. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, and so uh, and Steven Soderbergh. Um, 
and funny enough was nominated for an Oscar um, as the director for this movie and as a writer. And then also uh, for another movie that came out the same year traffic, which he won for. So he was up as a director (laughs) for two Oscars in the same year and won one, Hmm. um, which is pretty amazing. So uh, shout out Steven Soderbergh. Um, Yeah. 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 And then, uh, uh, written by Susanna Grant, um, who has a not much of a, a, a long uh, writing career, but wrote 28 Days, which was a Sandra Bullock movie, as well as Pocahontas and Charlotte's Web. And she was, as I mentioned, she and, and Steven Soberg nominated for uh, the screenplay on this. So um, really, really great group. Um, and uh, and then we usually talk about the rate. Like I said, it was critically acclaimed. Of course, it, it, IMDb 7.4. Like Rotten Tomatoes, 85, 81 critics and audience, eighth best legal movie on ABA's list, 20th best legal movie on IMDb. So it's, I think across the board, an acclaimed movie and, and, an, and an enjoyed movie. Not every movie is like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was uh, uh, made $256 million worldwide on a $50 million uh, budget, um, which is pretty impressive for a movie like this, I would say. Um and then, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, lots of, lots of, uh, accolades. So Julia Roberts won for best actress, uh, for this performance. Mm. It's her only win, which is interesting. Um, as, wow. as much as she's been in the game and been yeah. at the top of her game for so long, that's crazy. her only win. Um, and, uh, the movie was nominated, uh, for, uh, best picture. Um, gladiator was the winner that year. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, Albert Finney was nominated for this as well. Uh, and I mentioned Steven Soderbergh and Susan Grant, Susanna Grant for the writing. So, um, five nominations and, uh, one win for Julia Roberts. So a really, uh, well-regarded all the way around, uh, movie for sure. Nice. Awesome. Hey, uh, you mentioned uh, one of the actors that had passed, but I also saw that Ed Masry, who is the real life lawyer that that you know the the role was based on, he passed in two thousand and five. Yes. Um, so he would have been old enough to to have seen this you know this work come to to life right, uh, right before passing. Yeah. Neat. And then um, I saw that Aaron is still doing consulting now for um, major litigation cases. She is. And funny enough, uh, uh, one of my friends from law school who has a practice in in a firm in San Antonio, he was working alongside another firm on a case and uh, that was using Aaron for uh, as a consultant on the case. So, um, yeah, so that was as of, as of like a year ago. So she's definitely nice. as of a year ago, still doing still doing that. So that's pretty interesting. Has she ever gone to law school and got her JD or she's still just based, like, so. based off of her experience? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you go, Aaron. Yeah, if you you hear this, (laughs) that's right. All right, so uh, big picture, what do you all see as, uh, or what are your kind of key themes through this, or big picture takeaways? Uh, What What are the the big ideas that come to mind for you all as you think about this movie? Uh, I appreciate that it highlights how um, different professions need like the intersectionality between something like sociology or psychology and social work with mm-hmm. law and how much that is beneficial um, that you, you have your lane and your expertise, but you're not trained to look for certain things um, like body language or mannerisms or 
it, something like environmental practices um, and almost like anthropology. And so I really appreciated how they showed the value of someone who doesn't have any legal expertise technically um, that she has gifts and skills that are still very useful mm. to, to the profession, you know, to uh, lawyers. So, yeah. yeah, I I rubber stamp on that because <laughs> I I remember watching this back in 2000. And I've probably seen it again, you know, once or twice or walked in on different parts of it. It really hit different in 2022. Yes. Hmm. And. It could have easily have been, especially in 2000, it could have easily have been titled, you know, PNG versus, yeah, it could, it could have been, you know, the people versus, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. or it could, it could have been titled a bunch of different things, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was about Aaron. Yeah. And that just the seeing this woman rising, like, I mean, she's the start of the movie, just the desperation, the difficult place that she was in, doing whatever she could to take care of her her children and never saying no because she was not going to go back to her family empty handed. Mm-hmm. Um, she was going to make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, she she was not going to take no for an answer or give up. <laughs> um, and that really translated well in the legal practice once you know she was given a shot to do you know it it was just i mean it's such a triumph like just Mm. um yeah like this was this was almost i i I feel like it was a love letter to powerful women Mm. um and that's you know as me as a a male that still has a lot of toxic tendencies that i'm working through and things like that but i just saw this movie and said this is i i can't be the only voice uh, on this and so i'm just uh, amazed by the resolve of this woman in real life and when when she was demanding a raise or for him to hire her more than (laughs) once you told me things would be fine they're not i trusted you i'm sorry about that i I don't need pity i need a paycheck and i've looked but when you spend the past six years raising babies, it's real hard to convince someone to give you a job that pays worth a damn. Are you getting every word of this down, honey, or am I talking too fast for you? I'm sorry about that. I really am. We have a full staff right Bullshit. now. Bullshit. If you had a full off. staff, this office would return a client's damn phone call. I'm smart, I'm hardworking, and I'll do anything, and I'm not leaving here without a job. Don't make me beg. If it doesn't work out... No benefits. I was like, this reminds me of whenever Chris and Robert interviewed me. Um, because my, so they were looking for an office assistant and not for a social worker and someone to do the type of things that I was skilled in. So um, I had a pep talk with my, one of my friends who is very tenacious. She has no problem asking for what she wants, especially around money. And I come from poverty. And so I have a weird relationship with money. Like I almost push it away. Mm -hmm. And then, um, or I don't pursue opportunities for fear that people would even perceive it as being motivated by money. Mm -hmm. And so that's like harmed me in the long run. But so she had to say, she goes, Oh, you are going to go in there and tell them like everything you bring to the table, which pretty sure Robert knows. Um, and she's like, but the value that you add, you know, the value that's added. And like, when I looked at Aaron, I was like, how much value, like that's, and he, her boss, if it realized it, like he eventually was like, oh, shoot, I'm just going to give her what she wants, you know, and she was sitting there holding the baby and she was extorting him. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't happen to uh, make a copy. 
Of course I did. Well, could I have a look at it? I want a raise. And benefits, including dental. Aaron, this isn't the way I do business. What way is that? Extortion. Okay, 5% raise. We'll talk about benefits later. 10. There are lots of other places I could get work. 10% raise and benefits. But that said, I'm drawing the line. And so, but there's so, I think he finally realized her value um, and not, not just monetarily, you know. And so I, it just reminded me of going there and not that I had to haggle them, but we did have to rework some numbers because I was already well, like master's degree kids and everything. And, and that's not the opening that they had here. Yeah. And so somehow Chris and Robert found a way. Um, to make it work to be sustainable mm, and kudos to yourself for for selling yourself for, yeah. for putting yourself out there selling and saying, marketing myself marketing. <laughs> there we go yeah, that's what we're looking for <laughs> we'll, we'll fix that in post yeah <laughs> that's, that's a different podcast sometimes job hunting does seem like that you know? uh, oh yeah but yeah it was it was perfect fit and so yeah I appreciated that part where she was negotiating I, was, I even took something from it because I don't approach things with that level of like comfort with money like where she was like no I need this because it did her responsibilities her kids fell back on her mm -hmm. and so she couldn't take no for an answer mm -hmm. and i was like maybe that's the difference is like she had nothing uh to fall back on mm -hmm. you know so that just pushes me further like to where like don't wait till you get to that point because whenever robert hired me i was on the last month of a contract that i was a grant that i was working under was expiring that month okay. and so robert hired me and two weeks later the grant ended so i literally would have been out of a job with a mortgage due with no savings account, nothing. And so it was perfect timing, but yeah, I appreciated her, her tenacity. That's cool. Um, on my notes right here is tenacity. The word you just said, um, because nice. I definitely, I think that, I mean, that just showed through in her the entire way, um, from mm. beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it does go along with, I mean, man, just, you know, an appreciation of observing and watching single parenting and single working and parenting is just brutal. I mean, it looks, it, that mm -hmm. just looked brutal to me. Like, um, dropping our the kids off at the questionable babysitters who were like mm -hmm. borderline strung out themselves and trying to like, just not burn their house down. It seemed like it's kind of where she was leaving them and just to have to walk away from that, um, you know, every day to go to work and, you know, I mean, just that anxiety that would like for, I mean, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I, that was just a, a good reminder of for those of us that aren't in that situation and haven't been like what that yeah. could be like and, and what that looks like. And just all the more the, um, her ability to, you know, persevere through that and, and, uh, and make that work. Um, you know, I think also, um, the, and you were talking a little bit about this hope, the, that intersectionality of, of backgrounds and, and, and uh, what people bring to the table. I put teamwork in here is like the, the what, and I think like it worked at the like most of the movie is three fourths of it is everyone learning what Aaron brought to the table and like her having to overcome assumptions that people were making about her from her appearance, especially um, and, and and the doubts they would have about her. Um, and then, 
you know, but then seeing like, you know, at different points where like Ed realizes I got to bring in the big dogs into this litigation. I can't do this anymore. So there's a role for our firm. There's a role for that firm. There's a role for Aaron. Um, and, and eventually Aaron sees that too in, in the roles that they bring, cause she's stubborn, doesn't want all those people involved either, but she ultimately, I think comes around to seeing the value that others are bringing to the big picture of what they're trying to do there. Cause what they're trying to do is so huge and monumental. Like, um, and, and so I, I think that's, you know, a, a great lesson of just like, you know, seeing the different units come together or the different skill sets and everything come together to create a better overall, you know, unit, um, to go accomplish a goal. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there was such a focus on her appearance. I noticed oh, there was. like so many highlights were about her appearance. And that's funny because when Robert hired me, I, I had, I could show you a picture of it, but like hot pink, purple and blue hair. And it's, it's grown out now, but, <laughs> um, Robert, I had, and I was like, I'm not coloring it. Like I'm going to find a job where people will accept me for, and I have two nose rings and I have tattoos and stuff. Right. And so it's literally like comments about her appearance. I'm running for school board currently. And whenever I talked to a mentor a couple of years ago about running, I also had hair, colored hair back then. And one of the things she told me was before you run for school board, you need to dye your hair back dark. Mm. And so the first time around I ran for school board last year, my hair was dark this time around. That's by accident. It's grown out. But I was like, I'm not changing anything because I got 43% of the vote for a first time candidate, single mom in the middle of a pandemic with no budget. I'm coming back the same, but stronger as like who I am and how people relate to me in this town. So um, I appreciated how Robert uh, and Chris, like we have our group here, like a ragtag bunch. Like <laughs> We are the misfits and we work so well together because of it. It's that, that appreciation for each other and the humility and a willingness to learn. Um, and so I, I, I was, it was funny to watch her tell people to F off yeah. whenever they would comment on her clothing, you know? Well, that's, it's interesting. You're like, that is a, that's a learned thing on my part because I'm still learning to be comfortable in my skin with mm -hmm. who I am without having to adjust to certain expectations and norms. Mm -hmm. I think that there's obviously a time and a place where like if I'm in a courtroom, I'm expected to wear a suit and a tie mm -hmm. and, and I can do that. But I'm not going to worry. I mean, the, the video isn't showing this, but I have sort of like the Chad, Chadwick Bozeman hair from we Wakanda kind of thing going on. And right. You dye your hair gray. Yeah. That's, it's really a statement. <laughs> yes, that's, yes. What, that's what we're going it's with. Highlight. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is hair dye. Um, <laughs> and so like just being comfortable with, you know, who I am and, and not apologizing. Um, and so being okay with other people presenting as who they are too. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's new stuff for me. So that's, well, and there was a, a very specific scene, right. Where, um, Ed Masary tries to encourage her to, change her outfit and the way she dresses in the office because the other women are leaving her out. Uh, look, uh, now you may want, and now that you're working here, you may want to uh, rethink your wardrobe a little. Why is that? Well, I think uh, some of the girls are a little uncomfortable because of what you wear. Is that so? Well, it just so happens, I think I look nice. And as long as I have one ass instead of two, I'll wear what I like if that's all right with you. Mm -hmm. 
They might want to rethink those ties. And there's that whole discussion mm -hmm. about where are the women? They went to lunch. Why didn't you go? You're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I guess I'm not that kind of woman or something like that was the line, which is really yeah. clever. Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, he's trying to delicately help her blend in, I think. And with the firm, uh, you know, and the others in the firm, but knows he's stepping on <laughs> shaky ground. <laughs> it's really, yeah, it was yeah. really great yeah, acting to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just uh, if we can circle back for a second to that scene where there's the tension between the the big law firm that's mm -hmm. coming in to help with the the suit. Yeah. And oh, that made me cry that scene. Oh, my it, God. It, you know, the thing that was really so I, I, I appreciated that scene because I think that in a normal Hollywood movie, you would expect for Aaron to convince Ed no, we're going to keep it all ourselves and we're going to, we're going to be David and we're going to yeah. face the giant and we're going to go. And I appreciated the realistic outcome of like, I cannot do this by myself. Mm -hmm. We have to bring in this other firm and it's going to require trust. And, and it's, you know, it's unproven trust. And so I, I, we don't really have a, a reason to, I mean, other than that Ed trusted them, we, the, That's they didn't hard. have it. As an, yeah. an organizer, because you've established trust with those families right. and you're supposed to be the conduit. Like I'm put in that position often where to make a referral, like you're exposing vulnerable people to people that you don't even know yourself. Mm. And integrity means a lot to us and our word is our word. And so for you, I, I mean, that's an impossible situation. It, it took a lot mm. out of her. You can tell. Yeah. And I, yeah, so I related with, yeah, that's, I could see through her eyes and as the advocate for this community that's gained trust, but I also could see through Ed's eyes mm -hmm. and just, you know, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. It's, it's too big. And, you know, am I making the right decision? Because I have this person that's my right hand who I trust, who's telling me, you know, I don't know if we should do this. And so I just appreciated mm -hmm. that being a part of the movie. Mm -hmm. He made a lot of hard decisions in the movie. You know, mm -hmm. he took a lot of risks. Oh man. Um, so, but they were, they were good in the end, you know, yeah. it's calculated, but he, he risked a lot. And she even said that in one of the scenes when she's talking to that family about the 40% yes. rate, yes. you know? And so she, in that moment was like, okay, I can share my own experience. Um, and she felt good about it because she knew he wasn't ripping them off or anything. So she just wanted to help them understand, you know, he's risking a lot by taking this case on. He gets nothing if you get nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was precious to see. And she kind of looks at him because he tried to stop her from talking. Mm -hmm. And so when she's done, she's like, she's like, <laughs> drink the coffee. Oh, I made a bundt cake. Um, let me put on some coffee. Who would like coffee and cake? Uh, okay. Thanks, but we have to be getting back. Coffee will be great, thank you. He's like, no, I don't want any coffee. She's like, drink the coffee. Um, but it's, that, it's relationship building that maybe isn't the first response of attorneys to sit, to stay and have a cup of coffee and build a relationship. They're like, okay, we're done. Let's go. And she's like, you're going to sit down and drink yeah, coffee. Yeah, you're going to have um, a piece of cake. So I love that. Yeah. The scene I thought you were talking about Whenever they, the girl was there the new, with a new firm mm -hmm. with the ugly shoes. She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's like ugly. She goes, lady, that's all you got is two wrong feet and, and ugly shoes. Um, she's like, we got started off on the wrong foot. I love that. Cause that's me. I'm sassy. Um, I'm from South Louisiana. And so I got a little bit of Cajun. Sure. 
spunk in me. And so I loved, I love that because she tries, she tries really hard to be professional and she tries to, you know, but sometimes she lets it show. That's right. But whenever they came in and they tested her, like if she knew the phone numbers oh, it's of great. the clients. Such a great scene. You know what? Why don't I take Aaron down the hall so we can start on this stuff and I'll fill her in on the rest Thanks. of the details. Those are my files. Yeah, we had them couriered over. And, and listen, good work. They're a great start. We're just going to have to spend a little time filling in the holes in your research. Excuse me, Teresa, is it? There are no holes in my research. No offense. They're just some things we need that you probably didn't know to ask. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot, okay? I may not have a law degree, but I've spent 18 months on this case, and I know more about these plaintiffs than you ever will. Aaron, you don't even have phone numbers for some of them. Whose number do you need? Everyone's. This is a lawsuit. We need to be able to contact the plaintiffs. I said, whose number do you need? You don't know 600 plaintiffs' numbers by heart. Annabelle Daniels. Annabelle Daniels, 714-454-9346. 10 years old, 11 in May. Lived on the plume since birth. Wanted to be a synchronized swimmer, so she spent every minute she could in the PG&E pool. She had a tumor in her brainstem detected last November. An operation on Thanksgiving shrunk it with radiation after that. Her parents are Ted and Rita. Ted's got Crohn's disease. Rita has chronic headaches and nausea and underwent a hysterectomy last fall. Ted grew up in Hinkley. His brother Robbie and his wife May and their five children, Robbie Jr., Martha, Ed, Rose, and Peter, also lived on the plume. Their number is 454-9554. You want their diseases? Okay, look, I think we got off on the wrong foot here. That's all you got, lady. Two wrong feet in fucking ugly shoes. And she just started listing and that like tears were streaming because I, that's how I feel when people question the legitimacy of like why I do what I do or like as a white woman, uh, often advocating for people of color um, and immigrants and, and folks that it's like the legitimacy behind like why I do it or if I don't even know what I'm talking about. And when I start rattling off like these things, like those relationships and those stories and, and the facts behind cases, like people were like, Oh shoot. Okay. And I'm like, I, yeah. I felt mm. her heart like, cause she loves those people and knows them so personally and so deeply. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was absolutely. That was no, those are some of my favorite scenes for sure. And we'll be up for best scene later in the show uh, as we get there, uh, because I, I think those are some of the best scenes uh, that there are. Uh, OK, anything else from like a overarching perspective before we hop in and do some of the awards? Let's get it. No, let's right. get it. So th this and I will say too, like this uh, movie is a little different, I mean, from some of our others in the sense that we don't, you know, have a full-blown trial, so we don't have a lot of activity in the courtroom necessarily to, to go off of. Um, we have, well, we have the uh, the very beginning, the the trial uh, that she's a part of with her car wreck case actually is the most we get of like mm -hmm. lawyering on the stand or, or, or trial lawyering, really. Um, the other pieces are before yeah. the judge and uh, in an arbitration setting and really just basically kind of getting a, an answer from a judge on. So we don't see that, but anyway, with that kind of as a setup, um, for, uh, best lawyering, um, what do we think for best lawyering? Right. So there's, 
there's like okay so usually we're talking about best lawyer in yep. a courtroom mm-hmm. setting right and then then i guess there's also best lawyer asterisk in this yes in this movie <laughs> yeah so i w- i would say so and we do have the aaron brockovich so award later to give court- to, to aaron brockovich basically he, so we do have yes. that later so yeah. yes Wow. Yeah. So um, for whatever reason, it didn't occur to me that we've been talking about that award for 12 movies now. And then now we actually to get to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's the circle of law. It's very meta. Um, (laughs) Okay. So uh, I'm going to say that the best. Okay, courtroom lawyer scene is, you know, the the lawsuit, the car accident at the beginning. You've got the attorney on cross-examination and he gets Aaron upset um, by, you know, basically saying that she's a gold digger and that's the reason for the suit. And she kind of, you know, her her feistiness takes over and, yeah, causes them to lose the, the verdict. So... I, it's it's hard not to acknowledge that. Scene, oh yeah, because he 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 does a great job with her on that, right? I mean, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. points over at the doctor, this fine, upstanding doctor of the community. Who yeah. could have ever done something like this? Yeah, yeah. And I forget, hard. does he come back as PG and E's uh, first I attorney? I don't think so, but maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. No. Okay. So maybe all the jerks look alike. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so my best, so my asterisk best lawyer scene is, uh, for me when they win the summary judgment hearing and the, the judge says you can go mm-hmm. forward with your suit. And so then the PG and E attorneys show up at Masary's office and there's three of them. Mm-hmm. And Masary says, you know, this is about intimidation. Let the games begin. Yeah, and then he goes and gets like you know Aaron and uh, I think it's Donald and, and uh, one other yeah. office staff member and like puts them in you know dresses them up, pretend like they're lawyers. They all There's go like in eight and of them in them. there. It's like everybody in the whole head. office. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Love it. That, yeah, yeah. What about you, Hope? You best lawyer moment. I mean, the thing is, like I. I'm not a lawyer. So like my lens is like, I don't, the lines between what's lawyering and then what's just like being a person is like negotiate, like Mm. the conversations that look like lawyering outside of the courtroom. Um, I liked whenever she, they came with an offer of like what? 25,000, 250,000, 20 million at first. Um, no, it's the scene where it's one guy. This is like the like second year associate down there from the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. And I could tell, like, she's, I'm watching, she's watching his body. Like, she is, as he's talking with the, her boss, she's like staring him down, like looking at him. She felt to rip him a new one, but she was like, you know, what do you think? Uh, no, it is the one where the woman's in there too. She says, what is your uterus worth? You know? (laughs) And yeah, whenever she's, oh, it It was, was. it was. Cause she's like divided up. So she was like, you know, calculate what you would pay for your uterus and what you would pay for your spine, multiply that by a hundred and then come back and talk to me. Let's be honest here. $20 million is more money than these people have ever dreamed of. Oh, see, now that pisses me off. First of all, since the demur, we have more than 400 plaintiffs in. Let's be honest, we all know there are more out there. 
They may not be the most sophisticated people, but they do know how to divide, and $20 million isn't shit when you split it between them. Aaron. Second of all, these people don't dream about being rich. They dream about being able to watch their kids swim in a pool without worrying that they'll have to have a hysterectomy at the age of 20 like Rosa Diaz, a client of ours, or have their spine deteriorate like Stan Bloom, another client of ours. So before you come back here with another lame-ass offer, I want you to think real hard about what your spine is worth, Mr. Walker, or what you might expect someone to pay you for your uterus, Miss Sanchez. Then you take out your calculator and you multiply that number by 100. Anything less than that is a waste of our time. By the way, we had that water brought in special for you folks. Came from Well and Hinkley. <clears throat> I think this meeting's over. Damn right it is. And I was like, oh, it's so true. <laughs> it is so because true. You can look at a big number, like 20 million, and be like, this is a lot of money. <laughs> but she was like, how dare you? What is the worth of your spine and your uterus? And so I was and like, We had yeah. that water shipped in special. Oh, that's the, best. Oh, that's the best. That's the best line. And that lady looks shook. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we do not have this planned in advance. I'm just going to real quick do this. My, uh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I know it's reversed, but literally... The lawyer crossing Aaron about the car wreck and then um, the yeah. PGE offer, the whole thing you just read, Hope, uh, was mm. right. Uh, those were the two that I had for best lawyering. Nice. Yeah, because we're looking at his his outline and uh, that's just the best quote. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like you just can't beat. The, so, I mean, I, I don't have anything to add. Like those those two are the, are, <laughs> are the best two lawyering, I think, scenes that we saw. I mean. Uh, just to add one more, I mean, Masary does go through this progression, right? Of initially, this, the the strategy is we're going to get them to give us higher dollar value for your homes. That's strategy one. Right, right. Then it becomes a toxic tort case at a small level with a few plaintiffs, which they're going to handle mm -hmm. themselves. And then it becomes a mass tort situation where they're going to bring in the big firm and go after them at the national level and the whole deal. And so him walking through that and then um, also having to make the decision of whether to go to trial versus take the arbitration path first, um, was another one. And so, and you know, I'm actually, and there's some, you know, back and forth over, uh, in the real world, whether, um, plaintiffs were happy about that decision. Ultimately, uh, even the, the movie paints that as a fairly rosy ultimate decision. Um, even though at mm -hmm. the time they were certainly concerned about, about that. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think those are great and, um, all those, uh, are, are worthy for sure uh, of great lawyering. Yeah. Okay. She, she humanized it. I think that's one thing we lose sometimes in litigation or whatever is like the humanizing of it. Like she made it super personal to yeah. them. Um, instead of it being just like a name or a number on a page, like we see in the criminal justice system, she made it very real and, and human for them. So no. And I mean, I would say in that moment when she's negotiate, I mean, Aaron is lawyering and negotiating in that moment. I mean, lawyer or not, yeah. she is like, um, Lawyering. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, that's a really great point. I was thinking about this the other day because we have a lawyer that um, her, her her children will ask, hey, what do you do for like, what do you do, mom? What is your job? And she kind of jokes that she makes magic paper. Like she, she, she takes the same information that, you know, anyone without a law degree would have. And then she types it down on paper and titles it a motion or an order or a, you know, uh, some, some sort of legal document and then 
files it, and then suddenly it has legal significance. Mm-hmm. It's just like the idea of like you could take the bar exam. I mean, of course, we do the training and all that stuff. You take the bar exam and you you wait for your results, and then all of a sudden you get it and you find out, oh, I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like there's you know, it's not. It's like Cinderella was a was a princess before the dress. You know, oh, it's yeah. like that kind of concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie, probably about 15 or 20 years ago now, gosh, maybe 15, um, with, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, the catch me if you can, where he's the, yes, yeah. he becomes it. the pilot and then the doctor and then the lawyer. And he did not suffer from imposter. Yes. It, yeah. And so <laughs> he was an imposter. one of the best things about that, I thought is the very end when Tom Hanks is saying, I can't figure out how did you, um, how did you fake the bar exam? And he's just like, mm-hmm. I studied for two weeks and I passed, which is mm-hmm. the, which made total sense. Cause he couldn't figure out a way that he could have defrauded that. And he, and he didn't, he took yeah. it and passed it. Yeah. And he was a fraud in the sense of he hadn't been to law school and he didn't have any training, but he did take him past the bar. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, like, I mean, obviously Aaron was on a fast track to learning how to, uh, you know, negotiate and get what she wanted and, and talk to people. But she already had a lot of that instinct already inside of her. Um, and, uh, you know, she didn't need a, a law school to pull it out of her. That's for sure. Mm. <laughs> so. All right, let's take a quick break to let you know that we have some searches going on right now all over the state that you might have interest in, in Dallas, in Austin, in San Antonio, Houston, Fort Worth, even Tyler. Most of these opportunities are for two to six year lateral associate positions, assuming you can, of course, work as hard as Aaron does. (laughs) So uh, if you or someone you know might have interest in opportunities in these cities, we've got commercial litigation, we've got construction litigation, we've got uh, electric utility uh, defense, we've got uh, family, we've got corporate and real estate, uh, all sorts of opportunities. So please either uh, email me, daniel at varsitysearch.com or go to varsitysearch.com slash lawyers. You can make an appointment in my calendar to learn more about these opportunities. All right. Now back to Aaron Brockovich. Um, (laughs) all right. Oh, this is, yeah, we get to give the Aaron Brockovich award and Aaron Brockovich, um, as we step through to another space time dimension, um, here, (laughs) a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The corner of first and first here. Okay. I'm on first and first. In the same street intersect with itself. It must be at the nexus of the universe. Um, all right. So, uh, best, uh, I mean, best, you know, we, we kind of describe this as the best prep work or discovery moment or investigative moment. And so there's a bunch yeah. here, obviously. Um, yeah. Robert, what, what are some of the things at the top of your list for this? I'm going to, so my top is going to be, um, the open records research at the water place at the water place. And she was flirting with the guy to get access to the records. Yes. Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> and by the way, the progression of that was just beautiful. It really was. was like, you know, first time like she's, she's flirting. And then next time she brings her kids and like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the moment where he's kind of trying to push back. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, you do understand how open records work, you know? And like that, I think that's the, that's for me. I think that's the the best moment. Yeah, um, for sure. I have another contender, but I'll let somebody else talk first. No, you can say it. Cause I agreed with that one. <laughs> um, 
I did. Well, because we, because I'm like yesterday, you know, it filed an open records request for someone and like it got turned back and I was like, do they even know how this works? Um, because it's, that's, that's a critical place that you find yourself in with cases is like that open records request can make or break something. It's like what information and what data you have in your hands. And I love that she was willing to go to whatever extent to get that information because yeah. that was powerful, you know? Well, we talked before on the show, Robert, about open records and how uh, government agencies usually <laughs> aren't the the best about responding if or responding yeah. timely mm-hmm. or, you know, blah, 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 blah. So like, um, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that still rings true 20 years later um, that, that, uh, you know, there's pushback and, and, and all that. And, and the, what the professor that she went to see, remember tells her like, don't probably yeah. advertise what you're doing or why you're there. Cause records have a tendency to get lost, uh, once, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, once Funny people are asking questions. Um, yeah. So I had that one for sure. Um, I love just that the wheel of fortune's on in the background every time. That's funny. <laughs> um, and <laughs> he's watching there. Um, and then uh, getting the getting the water samples, the frog and and all that from out there, and and yeah. getting out of there before the <laughs> the random like I don't know what those people are doing out there that are security, yeah, <laughs> chasing her down. Yeah. Um, and uh, but honestly, I think the the one that I landed on was a lot simpler in some ways, but it was the whole thing, which is like she read the file. I mean, yeah. and made the connection mm-hmm. of. Like everyone else had that record for a long time, including Masri, including the others in the office who just filed stuff mm. and didn't pay, you know, and not that they were supposed to be reading it for substance, you yeah, know, yeah. that's, I'm not like being critical of them, but like she was interested and she was curious and she's like, why are there health records mixed in with this uh, real estate deal? Like that question yeah. is the key that unlocks the entire lawsuit. I mean, that yeah. question, that she asked that question, that's it. Yeah. So you have to stay curious because if you assume and you fill in the gaps, like assumptions will always like rob you of those, those kind of opportunities. You have to be curious. And she knew that she had a lot to learn. And so I think that's why she approached it that way. And for, for me and like instinctually knowing that when you find something that's off or something that, you know, something wrong is happening. I firmly believe that it's only a matter of time before you stumble upon the things that unlocks it. And so I will deep dive into things like I will use anything online or in person or whatever, because I'm like, there has to be a way to trace back, you know, if, if whatever happened. And so, um, yeah, her reading through the whole thing is like something I find myself doing also is because I know that there's something there. There's going to be one line mm-hmm. or something that's a clue to another thing to another thing. So um, that was exciting to, to see that. Yeah. yeah. And kudos to, I mean, my inclination whenever I was an intern or whenever I was, um, you know, training to, to be a lawyer, working in a firm or at the DA's office, you, you tend to be told or, or think that, a doing a good job is doing the thing that's asked of you Mm, mm -hmm. rather than really Mm -hmm. inquiring and probing and looking into the information. And, and so kudos for her. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that's the thing, like you said, Dan, Mm -hmm. that just really opens it up. And Um, I have, go ahead. I was going to say on, yeah, what you just described is probably the number one thing when I uh, do the regular podcast on here and ask, um, you know, the lawyers, what do you appreciate most about young associates? It's often probably the most 
a common answer to that question is the ones that take the extra step or show that additional curiosity. If I give them an assignment and the result of that is to obviously lead to more questions or lead to something else like they, um, they will either go ahead and initiate that or come back and say, Hey, I finished this, but I think it raises this issue. Do you want me to go and research that, you know, and, and, and not yeah. just give it back, you know, exactly what was asked for without when those open questions are raised or should have been noticed. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I think that's exactly right that she was, uh, already there doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sacrificed a lot. She was staying late reading yeah. and reading and reading like there's her own time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of other nominations for that investigative uh, best uh, scene. I, going and I forgot about this, and which is just so common sense. Going and talking to the professor and learning about hexavalent yeah. chromium. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, that was fantastic. And then um, the oh, I mean, well, you, you can't you can't undersell. Like, I mean, she spent so much time talking to this community and oh, like right. interviewing yes. people, the door to door stuff, like yeah, all of it, like. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So th- those are a couple of other nominations. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Hope. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say if she didn't know, because you can see how many times her knowing their stories and like the facts about it came in useful. Sure. If she didn't know them that well, like the uterine thing and the spine thing, and mm-hmm. um, then she wouldn't have been able to bring that up in those arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like being able to cite those the person's name with their phone number with their ailment. Um, mm-hmm. it's just something that provided her so much credibility. Um, mm-hmm. and that, uh, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, you know, and that just came from those hours and hours and hours of staying late reading and going out and talking to them, like all the things we've talked about. Um, but it did just provide that. I mean, and, and she needed every bit of it because she was working yeah. from such a, you know, uh, working from behind basically because she wasn't a lawyer, she, you know, cause of the way people viewed her, her parents and all the things like, so, um, I think that, I think that's right. Um, yeah. okay. So Aaron wins her award. Wins. Aaron Brockovich award officially goes to Aaron Brockovich. Anybody <laughs> want to zag and try to give it to someone else? We give it to the uh, <laughs> creepy guy that, uh, steals the documents from the company and winds up being the, the, the uh, whistleblower. <laughs> I guess you want to say Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was, he was creepy. Oh man. That's the creepiest but, guy. Probably. Yeah. In a lot of the movies we've done. That's one of the creepier guys who turns out to be okay. I yeah. guess. I don't know. We can, right? we can, we can debate mark. that, I guess later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he helps out a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, Best witness moment, Colonel Jessup Award. Uh, I really didn't have anything here, so. Um, would he be? Would the whistleblower be considered a witness? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, he was willing to. Uh, we didn't see him actually like go on record as at a deposition or on a witness stand or anything, but he, I think, does or did or whatever. Yeah. 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 My my vote again. This is kind of like outside the courtroom. My vote is going to be for Donna Jensen. Um, and what I'm thinking of specifically is she's she's the first one that Aaron really talks to, right? Right. Who? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. when when Aaron's talking to her and Donna's kind of vacillating with the disbelief of what's happened to her, and then Aaron points out like hey the company paid for that doctor yeah. 
And Donna realizes, oh, no, this is real. And mm. she looks outside and her girls are playing in, in that the pool. pool. Mm. And oh. she's oh, said, like, oh, like, yeah, chills. Oh. And she's like, get out of the water. Oh. Like oh, that that moment was just harrowing. It was. Um, so that's that's, that's a good one. my entry. I like it. Mm. All right. Um, let's run our tests. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Hope, do you know what one. our tests are? Nope. All right, Robert. So we've got two tests that we use that we run in every movie uh-huh. just to evaluate inclusion oh, okay. and equality mm-hmm. uh, being represented in the movies. Mm. So... Um, First up, we've got the Bechtel test. And this is just one woman talking to another woman about something other than a man. Mm. That's all you got to have. You would be surprised how many Um, movies we've done that have not one entry into this category. Yeah. I think we've only had one that actually had. (laughs) Yeah. Majority have not. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, now I'm going to be watching that in every movie that is. And that's an official test, right? Like that's, that's one that's out there. You can find that one. That's a real one. We made up the second one, but the first one's real. Yeah. Like sociologically or whatever. Yeah. So let's see if we can break this down. So, I mean, there were conversations. So you've had, I mean, the one that comes to mind instantly, we've already talked about, which is the negotiation table where Mm -hmm. the woman from PG&E is like, $20 million is more than these people are going to see in their entire lives, even though there's 400 of them. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Aaron snaps back and she's like, you know, and she gives that speech that we've talked about already. Um, I I feel like that qualifies. Oh, yeah. No. Um, Yeah. There's the scene where, like the one you just described at Donna's home, Aaron and Donna. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah I mean, I have that. that one. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, there's the conversation between Brenda and Aaron about yes. the job, and like you've been gone for four days or whatever, right. and that's kind of talking about Ed is the one firing her. Yeah. So that's kind of that's, that's a gray area one for me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like there was, I feel like there was more than one. Well, yeah, there's, so, um, there's a conversation in the home with the guy that worked at PG and E and her wife, or sorry, his wife. Um, and he had had at least one miscarriage, if not mm-hmm. multiple miscarriages. And Aaron's talking about that. So I, I feel like there's a few different, and there's even, like you said, the, the one kind of reluctant, the reluctant witness um, or plaintiff, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Pamela. Pamela. They have a one-on-one combo. Yep. Yeah. So I feel like there's, I feel like they did, I feel like they did a really Mm -hmm. decent job. Probably because Aaron is a woman and she was the main character. So it's like, you have to have some sort of substance to her role, like her speaking parts. Mm -hmm. The whole plot was based around this environmental issue and not a (laughs) rom-com. I mean, that, that's exactly right. That combination uh, Julia Roberts made, I think, twenty million for this, which was an all-time high for an actress at the time. Yeah. So, a, a fifty million dollar budget, she took twenty of that, and so to get this yeah, level no, of good. Bechtel no, test uh, entries, we had to pay twenty million to Julia Roberts. That's the way I see this. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> that's all, that's all it took years to get there. worth of movies and <laughs> twenty million dollars. Twenty million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
um, several of them were women. Mm -hmm. I think that conversation with Donna, um, especially when it was very vulnerable and emotional talking about her womanhood. And you think if I don't have mm -hmm. uh, uh, a uterus and breasts, am I still a woman? And they have that whole conversation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're mm -hmm. both crying and like, yeah, like that, I mean, is, is just, oh my gosh. Um, and so it's like, he wouldn't have been able, her boss. He wouldn't have been able, like if he would have had those, if she would have never been there and he would have been interviewing those people or another man would have been interviewing those victims, like they wouldn't have been able to talk to that personally with her and, and that's right. And really see that, that the personal impact that's so much deeper than even just saying, Oh, I, I got, um, asthma from this, or I got, you know, but her whole womanhood then became in like fragile, yeah. not fragile on her part, but questioning, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 So no, I, I thought, I mean, I, I can't remember, uh, the other one or two that we had that, that did actually have, uh, some, uh, legitimate entries into this category. I mean, th I think this one definitely is the, the strongest and the most, mm -hmm. it seems like so good for Aaron Brockovich and Steven Soderbergh and Danny DeVito and whoever else. So good, good job, everybody. <laughs> All right. Next test. Oh, yeah. So this is the Callahair test. It's a half Callahan, half hair. Okay. And what this is, is you've got to have one minority, one person of color talking to another person of color mm -hmm. about something that's other, anything other than a white person. Mm, okay. I don't think I remember that happening. What do you think? Do we... The cast looks pretty cool. Right. We've got, um, uh, I think it's pronounced Wahite. Um, um, <laughs> we've got one, uh, Adila Barnes. She is the only minority cast member. Which kind of makes it hard to pass our test. Unless there are some Latinos who are white passing in this movie. Oh, well, actually, there is the guy that plays Donald in the firm, mm -hmm. um, Valente Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I don't remember them ever having a conversation with each other. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm just calling a big fat no on this test on this no, movie. No, yeah. We, we, Which we, indicative of the real people involved in the case in that town and in that firm. Yeah, I mean, because it is based on a true story. It is. So. Yeah, that's yeah. it's a true yeah. story. Well, and in yeah. fact, it's funny you say that because I, I was curious about that fact. So I went to look and to see a demographic breakdown of the area or of, of Hinkley. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, um, I was expecting to have it pop right up like on Wikipedia, like here's the breakdown. And what I found was it basically says Hinkley uh, was... Um, like some article from like the New York times saying now Hinkley has become a ghost town and there's now like less than a thousand people there. And it doesn't even register on like the census stuff anymore as a city. Wow. Um, it's just the zip code area does. Um, so I, I, I'm sure I could have found eventually found some demographic stuff, but like in my cursory look for demographics, I found nada on that. So, yeah, that's pretty um, rural. um, but yeah, I figure it was a fairly, um, it, uh, I mean, the, at least they presented the the plaintiffs all for the most part as white, but yeah. you know. And what's funny is I, I maybe I knew this at some point in time, but I just sort of assumed that Hinkley was a pseudonym and that it wasn't a real town. Oh yeah, in California. Oh, it, that, but there is it, that's it. it. Really is yeah. Where everything was happened. used was I think almost everything was the was the actual name. There were a couple of people I think whose names were different, um, but for the most part, I think everything was. Like PG&E was the name of the, you know, it's the company, it's, it's Hinkley, it's 
Which is on brand for Aaron Brockovich because, like, she was genuine. Like, it, it seems fitting that the movie would be so, like, as true to the facts as possible because she's just so straightforward. Right. And authentic. And it seems like the movie was made in that way. Like, how can we be as true to the original story and people's stories and respecting people's stories? Um, well, I think, too, like for these. Yeah. yeah for making movies like this, if you're going to make it um, reflect the the true story, like I think you really you kind of have to go all in on that or go very uh, fictitious licensing on it. Like like mm-hmm. like this one, I think to just for like, you know, uh, legal reasons and other things like I think you've and also for the good of the movie like I mean I think you have to try to make everything just right like you were saying Robert like if it was the Hollywood version you would have had the plaintiff's firm just take it all the way probably take it a trial get a jury verdict and all that stuff they mm-hmm. they stick to the actual way it progressed and all the right people and names and stuff like that as opposed to something like the social network which is a great great movie um, mm-hmm. and is based on the rise of Facebook but is a lot of like mm-hmm. uh creative licensing to to make that movie to make a great movie but everyone knows that that's kind of you know done in a with a lot of fictitious elements to it um and so i think you kind of have to go one way or the other and so i do think they try to make everything on this movie as accurate as possible um Mm -hmm. but like i like i was saying before i I do think there there were stories written you know not too long after the movie from plaintiffs that hadn't yet gotten their settlement checks who uh Mm. were not as thrilled (laughs) with everything Mm. but still um, who knows? I hope they got him. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, no good on the Callahan test. Um, they, they waste, they, they not wasted. They spent their 20 million on getting the Bechtel test covered. <laughs> didn't have anything left for the Callahan <laughs> test. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Okay. <laughs> so they spent 20 million and they paid her 20 million no they paid they paid, paid her 50 oh, okay. for the movie and 20 of it went to her okay. wow that's almost half mm-hmm. yeah well that's what i mean like they really you know uh if you think about the the way the film was shot and stuff i mean you're not having to do a lot of effects it's just people talking yeah. and they only really paid mm-hmm. one other i mean you know albert finney and and aaron eckhart are are um you know not superstars i mean they're you know, but the rest of the cast is at the time anyway, was, you know, certainly mm-hmm. manageable. So, yeah, I mean, I think they just spent, spent most of it on her. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So best juror moment. Um, we didn't have a jury, so we can skip that one unless you have something. But yeah, um, best client moment. So uh, I had um, Donna a couple of times on this. We've already talked about um, the. Uh, Aaron making Ed stay behind to have the coffee and cake with the clients after the meeting yeah. in the house. And I actually think that was the yeah. best client moment. Um, I also mm-hmm. did appreciate and like just her getting her settlement um, uh, or, or Aaron delivering the news um, of what the settlement was going to be for her and her like mm-hmm. saying, what you mean for everybody? No, that's your part. And she's like, Oh my, you know, yeah. just the reaction, the overwhelmed mm-hmm. action. And then also, since we haven't talked about George yet, I'll mention like, her bringing George with her to be able to like share that moment with him because of how much yeah. he helped her um, to be able to do that, I, I thought was nice. Mm. So, um, yeah. kind of liked all that for the client moment. Yeah, that's mine too. I yeah. I think that that was just like her realizing that her family is gonna Donna realizing that her family is gonna be okay. Um, yeah. You know, after you know 
all of this and you know in terms of just financially yeah, yeah. they're going to be provided for and george realizing you know i mean it's really hard to be in his position i don't blame anything that uh he did but just realizing that like oh there's this is this is she wasn't just working hard because she's working hard like these these are the people that she was working in oh that yeah Hmm. yeah because it's easy for people to look at women like me with like almost like a resentment because i do have two kids i co-parent with my ex-husband and he's fantastic. We just add that the nature of my personality and the way that I dive into work and the way that I prioritize and feel a calling to this work. I, I couldn't prioritize, um, home life as much as some people really do need to be happy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's no judgment towards him or anything. And so, but it's, it is a personal sacrifice sometimes mm. when you wish that you could be like satisfied, um, with this like domestic home, like a simple life, mm-hmm. um, where you're not so much public facing, you're not, so it's not a lot of confrontation and a lot of pouring your soul out. Um, and so when, for him to see like, Oh, she's not just a workaholic or mm-hmm. she's not just obsessed with this for vain, for vanity or ego, mm-hmm. but like, that means a lot to me to have someone who can stand beside you and not just support you because they're a supportive partner, but to, like really get it. Yeah. Um, means a lot because then you don't feel like you're always apologizing for who you are and what you do. Um, and you can really do your work passionately and freely. And so um, I do love the scene where he first meets her and she gives him all the numbers of like her, the age of her daughter <laughs> and the age of her other one and like her $16 in her bank account. Why don't I take you out to dinner to apologize for my rudeness? Huh? You give me your number. I mean, I already got your address, so you can't get away. Huh? And I'll call you up proper and I'll ask you out and everything. You want my number. I do. I do want your number. Which number do you want, George? George. Now, I like the way you say that, George. Uh, Well, how many numbers you got? Oh, I got numbers coming out of my ears. For instance, ten. Ten? Yeah. That's how many months old my baby girl is. You got a little girl? Yeah. Yeah, sexy, huh? How about this for number six? That's how old my other daughter is. Eight is the age of my son. Two is how many times I've been married and divorced. Sixteen is the number of dollars I have in my bank account. Eight five zero three nine four three. That's my phone number. And with all the numbers I gave you, I'm guessing zero is the number of times you're going to call it. Hey, how the hell do you remember your bank balance right off the top of your head like that? See, that impresses me. She says, and like zero, two divorces and zero is the amount of times you're going to be using my phone number. And he's like, you're wrong about that. And I was like, I love it. That's what I need to do. I need to just on the front end, just tell because I make it, to, I make it seem like, you know, it's all rainbows in the beginning. And then I'm like, just kidding. I'm a lot. And I love how she from the beginning was like, I am a lot and bye. And he's like, no, 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 I want that. And so I was like, I took notes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> the number bank account kids ages got it oh my god that was great mm-hmm. he was such a he was an interesting character like the combination of the like rough looking biker dude with mm-hmm. like the super soft heart teddy bear like playing cards with the kids and and all that um that was that was fun Love it. for sure um just yeah revving up that it's hard for women like aaron brockovic it is hard in these streets <laughs> Like, because who can, because not just stand up to us like professionally and feel, but feel adequate, but like even with her wit, like her intelligence and how quick she is and how confident she is, like that was just precious for her to find someone like that. Yeah. 
And I mean, he got pushed past the limit at one point, right? I mean, he had to, mm-hmm. you know, he left one time at one point because he yeah. didn't ever see her, didn't feel like they had a relationship. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, best scene. We've talked about a bunch of these already. The negotiation scene um, with the uh, bringing in the water from Hinkley just for the other side there. The <laughs> phone number scene, reeling off all the phone numbers of everyone. Going, I like going door to door to get all those last people to sign up mm-hmm. at the end. Um, the and uh, uh, by the way, I, I always love Steven Soderbergh music. So the, the music, the soundtrack to the movie is great. And just... Uh, um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember. There's a Sheryl Crow song playing, I think through that part and, and a few other, like oh, yeah. there's a really, it's a good soundtrack. And, um, I still have an oceans 11 soundtrack as my ringtone. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Soderbergh music is just, is, is all, all for me, I think. So, um, what about other scenes that we haven't maybe talked about yet? Oh, that water scene was pretty savage when she brought in the oh, water, the lady drink. I mean, that was just, yeah. I don't know how you beat that. Yeah, I'd be interested in whether our audience has a scene that like they feel like tops any of the ones that we've mentioned because mm-hmm. the the negotiation with the the you know the smarting off and mm-hmm. you know what's what's this worth hundred times that mm-hmm. and we brought the water in for your special the conversation with the the mega firm that um, you know they're bringing in the young associate and she's tasked with you know recreating these files and like you know Aaron rattling off the ages and names and addresses and disabilities um, impressive yeah um i mean that's classic i the the scene where they're all in the community center and aaron uh convinces them with her monologue Mm to to sign up like this is what yeah um, yeah sit down and have cake with the clients i mean these are those are all any any one of those i i go back to like I, there's just something special about donna uh, there is i don't know if it's just you know that she's kind of the face of the lawsuit yep. um she's the right. first client you know sure. if, if it's the acting if it, yeah but man just any, any vulnerability anything mm-hmm. that has her in it mm-hmm. you know? let's go with that i think there was even wasn't there even a conversation where like she called Aaron and was just like, I just need to hear oh, you mm-hmm. just tell me yeah. that just reassure. Yeah. Just that reassurance yeah. is going to be all right. Yeah. I feel like that's some of our clients too. <laughs> that's all of them. It's, it's just like, sometimes <laughs> yeah. they just want, we're like, we can't promise anything, but we're going to reassure you that we're doing our best. And like, you're doing the best you can in this mm-hmm. situation. Like there's nothing more that either one of us can do. And we're just going to, Hope, you know, but at least you have someone standing by you, like you're not right. doing this alone and we see you, we understand you, we hear you. Um, and so even that can help you. And that's what I learned in organizing with immigration is like it, that carries over into this work mm-hmm. is sometimes people just need you to stand with them, even if you can't change a dang thing mm-hmm. about their case. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be facing either deportation or prison um, and sometimes unjustly. Um, mm-hmm. And you it hurts so much that you can't whenever that trial is over like you can't change it mm-hmm. but the most you can do is when they leave uh they know that they had someone in their corner and they had someone who saw them for being a human and not just like a criminal record mm-hmm. um and so that that means a lot for me absolutely that's it 
Contempt mm -hmm. of Court Award. This is also known as the Fletcher Reed Award. Um, hope, I don't know, from Liar Liar, if you remember Jim Carrey, Liar Liar movie, but, um, and Fletcher Reed has a, mm -hmm. an outburst in court and is in contempt of court. Mm -hmm. So we just made up an award for that, um, which can really kind of be anything, um, something outrageous or um, a criticism of something in the, in the movie or something, or uh, someone's out of control. I'll tell you, my... Uh, my one for this is, is when, uh, Aaron and, uh, Masary are give each other FUs. So yeah, that's mine for this. I mean, basically she's in contempt of the office. At least they make an offer. That wasn't an offer. A million would have been an offer. And they said a mail clerk down and jerked me off, waste my time. Why would they do that? Because they can. You heard what that kid said? They have $28 billion at their disposal. They can afford to waste all the time in the world. And you can't? You think I made the money? What are you yelling at me for? Because I'm pissed off. Good. Fuck you. Fuck you back. <laughs> I really hate you sometimes. You love that. Oh, you love me. <laughs> Uh, or yeah. he is. I don't know. Both of them are. Um, mm -hmm. F you. F you back. And then they just both laugh. Yeah. Like, yes. I just, I that, that laughter afterwards is just so great. Mm -hmm. Like they're so mad at each other. Um, and then yet they just are able to laugh like two seconds later. It's actually um, watching that interaction actually in 2022. Um, mm. I, I just, I, I don't think people can do that anymore. Like, I mean, to kind of have mm -hmm. that level of disagreement on something and then in two seconds be able to just laugh about it and, you know, the whole well, they have established relationship. I think that's why they weren't offended. You yeah. Know? I, sure. Cause I think about here, if one of us, us would pop off and like, I think she understood he was mad and not genuinely at her. That her. Yeah. It wasn't. And like, her. they just needed to vent, you know, I don't think she felt like unsafe. I don't yeah, think yeah, she yeah. felt truly threatened. And so they have, they have that relationship and they understand each other. So when he pops off, she says right back to him because she knows that's what he needs. And, <laughs> and they both laugh about how, you know, how silly, how dynamic they are. And so uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't really happen that often. But I think it's because sometimes in the workplace, we don't find ourselves in like a small business anymore. Like it's everything's mm. like very corporate, very big, large, yeah. out of touch um, franchise, whatever. But whenever you do have these like smaller businesses where you get to mm -hmm. pick who your work family is like Robert and, and Chris do, and, um, that you can have those moments of weakness or whatever vulnerability without someone calling HR, you know, that's a good <laughs> point about the small business versus corporate. It reminds me, I, my wife and I used to, for a couple of years along uh, back in like, uh, probably like 10 years ago, we used to watch uh, cake boss and watch those, uh, those guys, those fa family interact in that bakery setting in the family business where they're getting after each other all the time. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. because it's, they have that established relationship and, and it's not Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, any other, uh, contempt of court? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would, it would be the other one for me would be her dropping an F bomb in court during her suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell, there, is, there is a lot of F bombs in this court. And, and I mean, I think Aaron for her, her part, like, I mean, actually I, I read somewhere where she wasn't sure about Julia Roberts in this role. Cause she shouldn't, couldn't picture her dropping F bombs all the time. Cause she purses mm -hmm. like a sailor and want, and someone would have to be believable in that. Um, I think she came around and when she saw Julia performing it, thought she's great. Perfect for it, obviously. But, um, <laughs> and, but yeah, th th I mean, there's, <laughs> that was a key part of her character for sure. 
the profanity. <laughs> it has, profanity has a place. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Points of emphasis. Um, all right. Uh, inadmissible evidence. Uh, we talked about a few things. Uh, Robert, did you have some other stuff that uh, we haven't talked about yet that... Uh, no, brand? just that, you know, one thing that, I mean, not so much information that's like novel, but just... When you see videos, there's lots of interviews that Erin Brockovich has done about her past work or current work. And when you see her and you see how they um, they set Julia up to play her, you know, like appearance and her mannerisms. I mean, she nailed Erin. Mm. Like she got she got that role down, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best actors do like they study their person. And whenever you're doing like a based on a true story, I love that. That's so interesting when actors like Leonardo DiCaprio mm. or Heath Ledger, yep. like they study it so much, they get it becomes them. And mm. so I can imagine Julia Roberts doing right. that, spending mm. time with Aaron Brockovich, you know, yeah. getting to learn some of her manuscripts <laughs> and stuff. No, I, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So uh, at the time when the uh, case settled, it was the largest settlement in a direct action lawsuit in us history. Um, and then in 2006, PG and E paid another 295 million to settle more 1100 more cases based off of the same Mm. type of facts. Um, I think in other communities, um, not, not, uh, specifically Mm. in in Hinckley. Um, and then, uh, a couple other things, uh, Aaron was actually miss Pacific coast, not miss Wichita. Um, she's from Wichita originally. And uh, Soderbergh just thought it sounded cuter to have her be Miss Kansas or Miss Wichita than to have her be Miss Pacific. Coast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, in the car wreck case, um, it was Ed Masry's partner that was actually Aaron's lawyer, not Ed himself, which I thought was interesting. Okay. So mm-hmm. how those relationships came to be. Um, and do we know if she really lost the, the car suit? I assume that that all was was right. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't see anything that said she did. Didn't. Um, and she was also, uh, sick and hospitalized from chromium poisoning in real life. Like had to go into the hospital with, 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 got sick from being out there and all that stuff. Uh, so, and he, there was a scene or two, actually, I think there was a scene, his original cut was three hours for this. Um, it was huh. about a two twenty. It was a long movie. It was like two twenty, I think, two fifteen. But originally three hours. And one of those scenes that were cut was her in the hospital um, after huh. being exposed and, and being sick from that. Um, and for a couple of different reasons, he decided to to leave that leave that out. But um, anyway, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that. So uh, mm-hmm. all right. Um, something I found out on the Google on the Google's was that Aaron Brockovich was actually arrested for something so dumb she was arrested for um it was like uh, the sort of dwi whenever you're on a boat <laughs> yeah Boating um, yeah but in her statement was like i was it was parked in the like it wasn't she wasn't driving it she was like standing in it hmm. while she had been drinking and so they were it's just funny when people will try to smear you yeah and she's like i was and it's like still true to her character and her personality she's like 
I wasn't like, I wasn't being unsafe. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, yeah, it was a rule. I broke the, she's like, I'm sorry for breaking the law, but I wasn't doing anything unsafe and it was parked. And it's just funny to see her still fighting for herself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she, her, her public statement. She's like, I mean, I was just having fun. We were parked in the dock. Like I wasn't doing anything wrong. And so I was like, Aaron Brockovic, you know, defending her own uh, criminal charge. That's awesome. Listen, in, in real world, there is, there is almost no funnier charge than a, a boating while intoxicated. Oh, that is hilarious. Because like they did, they will do the field sobriety tests on the boat on the water, <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I realized I skipped the yellow highlighter award. That's the best line in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we've said a few, but um, anybody have a their, their favorite line from the movie that you want to throw out? Mm-hmm. A lot of zingers. Yeah. The one about the uterus yeah. That's it. and multiplying it by a hundred. Um, how much is your spine? Yeah. How much is your spine worth sits there with you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And the one with the water. <laughs> the water. Yeah. Brought it in. You suck at apologizing. Mm. <laughs> that was a good one. That's, I mean, that's very, you could use that every day. <laughs> I, was like, I, I feel like I've used that before with several people. Relatable. I kind of liked um, uh, when she's getting an advance and she says, I don't want your money. And he says, where do you think your paycheck comes from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's Holler. some great quipping. Yeah. Yeah. She's quippy. For sure. Um, all right. Judge Holler Award. The Chamberlain Howler Award for uh, best judge oh, moment. We didn't. Uh, did yeah. You're right. I skipped. How did yeah. I skip two things? It's on here. Um, What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. How did I miss that? Yeah. This is why I'm Baylor Law School. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Baylor Law School's, you know, so-so guy. Um, <laughs> That's not true. Uh, did you have a judgment? Okay, so since I brought it up. Yeah, I have, I yeah, have something so it's for that, the, actually. I don't know. It's the, it's the judge's personal note at the end of the motion for summary. Yes, it is. That's what I have. Yeah, go for it. So on a personal note. You know, I live near Hinckley and, you know, every everything that I'm hearing from the evidence presented that indicates that, you know, you might have known about this hexavalent chromium and actually printed flyers and told these people that it was good for them. Oh. Absolutely mm. disgusting. Like, yeah, that was that was that was a wonderful um, moment of personal privilege yes. for the judge to take. It was. And uh, on a similar note, I just I have to mention this, although it's it's off topic. But in the trial of the three guys who were found guilty for murdering Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. um, the judge in rendering his verdict gave a very heartfelt um, and. Uh, just pat, uh, I, I think just really um, intentionally um, methodical, logical, and and also um, morally anchored statement talking about what this event has done to our country, mm-hmm. and you know what should be taken from this, and what should be learned from this, and so I just I appreciate it when um, mm-hmm. in the right case, like when when a when a judge will really set out this is why I'm doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, closing arguments, Robert. <sighs> I think we should. Yeah, let's give hope the last word. Um, cool. 
All right. So uh, the 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 value. I mean, the thing that I, I take away from this movie. Um, there's several, but uh, you know, this story. This could have been, like I said, uh, the people versus PG and E, or this could have been um, what happened in Hinkley, or you know, something else. But this was really a story about Erin Brockovich herself, uh, a woman rising, and therefore all women who are like Aaron who see themselves in her and going through the different, you know, little microcosmic ways uh, of life that she went through and relating and seeing themselves. And I also see in it um, this value of a long time ago, my friend um, told me while I was still in law school and I was struggling with trying to get out of law school, he said, Cinderella was a princess before she ever wore the dress. Mm. And, you know, that's just to drive home the fact that, you know, we the state can confer a degree on you or um, give you a license uh, or a certification. But the advocacy was there regardless of whether or not she went to law school. Mm -hmm. And it was there. Um, you know, she didn't need the law degree to stand up to this huge corporate giant and take them down. And it was that curiosity. It was slowing down. It was drinking the coffee mm -hmm. and eating the cake with the clients and just walking with them hand in hand through their experience. And that's what really makes the best advocates. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it just highlighted the need for and well the appreciation for the programs that are dual degree like juris doctorate and master of social work um because you know baylor has one and ut austin and i looked at both of them the only reason i didn't do it was because i had a newborn my second child and um there's just so much value in having a degree like social work or something similar um before you go out and even if it's a one semester you know, of having the, the, and I don't know because I haven't been to law school, if how much y'all do in, in school related to like the relationship building. Um, but I just, it makes me want to champion that even more for attorneys to have some sort of background in that because the, the human aspect of, uh, she didn't speak just for people or assume what they wanted or assume mm -hmm. what they needed and like make it about her. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she was, I hate using the voice of because people have their own voice. They're mm -hmm. just silenced or they're oppressed or, you know, but she truly did what I hope to do as an advocate and, and a community practitioner. Um, and hopefully a school board member is like amplifying the voice. Like she brings forward the voice of the people. Like mm -hmm. she's carrying their stories into the courtroom and into those boardrooms. And so she doesn't center herself and mm -hmm. her own experiences or pain. Like she always centered them and you just see the beauty of it. And sometimes it doesn't come with a whole lot of reward. I mean, mm -hmm. I think she probably got paid, uh, in her life, but, um, sometimes you don't and you just keep doing it. Even if you lose the case, even if you lose the policy that you're advocating for, you get up the next day and still fight for something. And so, um, I, I just, I loved that she does exactly what I hope to do every single day. Um, in never assuming or speaking for people, but working alongside them, mm. like being with them in the struggle mm. instead of just running ahead, like I'm your advocate. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. And just sitting with them, bearing witness to their pain, mm-hmm. being like, you said, slowing down and mm-hmm. bearing witness to what they're going through. And she felt it mm-hmm. and she didn't like over and intellectualize it. Like she didn't stay in her head. She was also in her heart mm-hmm. and her body. And so for me, that, con- that alignment is so important to me as a person also. And so I saw that with her um, and she wasn't perfect, but I'm like, that's the beauty that that's what I hope to balance in my professional life, in my personal life. Mm-hmm. Well said. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, let's uh, wrap up with our uh, ratings, our gavels. Uh, Yeah. We got to give some gavels (laughs) here. So I'm actually going to pull up our previous gavels unless you've. Okay. If you want to pull it up, go for it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to. So the thing that's so hard about this is that it's. The thing that's oh, so hard is that you have 12 <laughs> movies crammed between 89 and 99. Is that what's so hard about that? <laughs> you have nowhere that to go. That can't be. That's not part of it at all. There's nowhere to no. um, go. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, there's that. Um, I, I, as a, this isn't a traditional lawyer movie in that it's, you know, it's not a courtroom drama. Mm. We're not seeing the inside of the courtroom. But it is so much the heart and soul of what the spirit of the law practices about. And so I think I want to give it a 98. I remember giving, I think I've given a 99 and I think I've given a hundred. You want me to give you your stuff right now? Yeah. So you've given Hamilton and primal fear one hundreds. And then you gave my cousin Vinny a 99 and a few good men a 98. And then there is a significant drop off. Uh, yeah. the the next one, <laughs> like no, he got four, and then the rest of them are like ninety and below. <laughs> so four. I would I would call this like a ninety eight and a half, because <laughs> I feel like it's um I feel like it's right there with my cousin Vinny. Yep. Um. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna call it. So I'll, I'll, I'll give it a ninety. I'll give it a ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. You know what's? Funny I have about- no frame of reference because I haven't been here, so you can skip me. <laughs> go high. No, just go high. Just yeah. lean into the hundred. Hundred. <laughs> it's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can go wrong if you start That's high. That's right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, look. I, I mean, it, it is. It is just an all-around uh, excellent movie in about every way you can. You can talk about it. So no, um, I uh, as a lawyer movie, um, I yeah, I'm giving this a 90, which is the same place that uh, right. I mean, I'm like right where Robert is on a relative scale because I gave my cousin Vinny a 91. So I'm right below the silence that you're hearing. I know, is my I know. jaw gaping I know. open because it's relative. It's relative. Yeah, no, I <laughs> look. So Robert's like 99.1. Yeah, like that's, that's right. That's right. You got to start scaling this back and looking at it all. Um, that's right. Uh, Give him a nine to ten. Just get Robert a, a zero. I mean a zero to ten. Robert, you can zero. We're, we're still say nine. We're gonna start with colors now. <laughs> oh, it's a green. You have to get a green. It's green. green. This is a green one. Yeah, for sure. All green. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Robert and Hope, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so much fun to uh, to talk about this movie with you all. Um, and uh, it's just it's. You know, some of these movies, these legal movies we do, or some of them are a little cheesy and some of them are corny and they're funny and different things like that. And um, 
not all are just, you know, both kind of have the legal components, but are also just, I mean, in every way, like well-made, great movies with the directing, the acting and everything else that goes along with it. The story, which happened to be true here. Um, and so I think it was just fun to be able to do a movie like this and, uh, glad that we all got to, to be together to do it. So yeah, thanks. thanks and for having yeah. me. It's lots of fun. Everybody listening at home, thank you for wherever you're listening. Thanks for being part of the show. And uh, we'll be back with another Movie Verdicts episode in the near future. Uh, and in the meantime, if you haven't seen Aaron Brockovich in a while or ever for the young ones in the audience, go and check it out. It's a good one. All right. Take care. Bye.